2: Fed up with the everyday grind. Tired out from the summer heat. Want to get away from it all.
1: We offer you... Escape! Escape! Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure.
2: You are caught in a web of nightmares. Struggling to free yourself from sleep. While constantly, threateningly, your destruction draws closer. And you know unless you awake, the ultimate conclusion is... Death. (laughs)
1: Tonight, we escape to 2200 A.D. and the fearsome picture of the last days of civilization, as H.G. Wells told it in his terrifying story, Dream of Armageddon.
3: From the very beginning, the dream was quite vivid and real much more real than the dull world of business that moves by day and in a short time i began to thrust the waking world aside and live my life wholly in the dream night by night i was not then aware of course of the of the hideous ending to come a thing so horrible to face that even though i doze now in my chair i dare not sleep i can't recall exactly when the dream if it is a dream first began Oh, a month ago, perhaps. At any rate, I fell asleep in my flat and awoke in another place and another time. That is to say, as I fell asleep here, I awoke there, far away on an island in the Mediterranean and hundreds of years in the future. Heedon.
4: Eden, you must wake up now. Wake up? But I... Where... Where am I? Here with me, of course. Oh, Eden, my dear, you've been dreaming.
3: Oh, yes. Yes, I I remember now. It was was such a vivid dream. I I thought I was a man living hundreds of years ago. Silly, but it took me a moment to shake it off.
4: And was I there with you? In the dream, I mean?
3: (laughs) You're here with me now. That's the important thing. Has there been no word? Nothing has changed?
4: Nothing. Otherwise, I should have awakened you.
3: Good. Perhaps they've finally decided to leave us alone.
4: I hope so. I couldn't stand much more of it. Our faces on every telescreen all over the world. Scandal criers, saying things It doesn't matter,
3: Noma. It's over. We've left all that behind us in the north. We're going to be very happy here.
4: Oh, my darling, we have to be. It's the only thing that will justify what you did.
3: Noma, can you doubt that we will? Come here. Look out through the glass wall there. Blue sea down below us, pale hills, and the far off mainland. Why, is there any more perfect place to be happy than here in Capri? And what of the woman you brought
4: with you? Did you not perhaps give up too much for her? Pay too great a price?
3: You're worth more than all of it, Noma.
4: You make me feel very humble. You were the most powerful man on earth, council master of the allied nations of the north, the ruler of a billion people.
3: A billion fools? Why, had they not been, they would have accepted you.
4: They... they felt they had reasons?
3: Reasons? Could not permit me to marry beneath my station now. I've given my whole life to them until now. Has a man no right to happiness, Noma? They follow their own desires. Why shouldn't
4: I do the same for once? Why not indeed? I've no answer for you, beloved. I'm proud and humble for what you did. But also a little afraid. Afraid of what? I don't know, Hedon, I don't know, but I... The visor Mm.
2: Your pardon, Master Hedon. May I have your attention, please?
3: Yes. Yes, go ahead. What is it?
2: There is one here who desires to speak
3: with you. I'll see no one. I've told you that.
2: He tells me to say the white grasses grow tall in the north and reach above the snow.
4: Hedon, it's a messenger from the council.
3: Yes. Very well, send him up
4: does it mean? Have they thought of some new no, way
3: No, to... no. No, my darling, it is nothing. You'll talk of duty again and all the other things, the same kind of talk. It can't be anything else.
4: If only they'd chosen someone besides Eversham to govern.
3: But they did choose him. If he doesn't suit them, they can find someone else. I'll have no part of it.
4: He's such a fool, such a stupid, blundering fool. Well,
3: perhaps they need a fool. Perhaps that's why... Oh, there's the messenger. Come in.
2: I must beg you to pardon this intrusion, Master Heedon, but the council considers the matter of the greatest importance. It's all
3: right. Now, what is it you wish? Uh, if we uh, we could speak alone, perhaps? I have no secrets from the lady. She knows everything. Now, what is it? I am
2: empowered by the council to ask you to return at once and take charge of the government again. Alone? Uh, Yes, yes, that would be required, of course. Then
3: the council wastes my time and theirs. But
2: there have been new developments. Eversham already has begun the move we've always feared he would. No one but you can stop
3: this madness, this foolish ambition of his. And more is the pity, for I do not choose to do anything about it. You know what it means, of course. I know nothing of the affairs of government. I am a private citizen engaged in seeking happiness. Master Hedon... Do you believe that one man
2: can work out his fate apart and separate from the fate of all mankind?
3: You may leave now. You may go back and tell the consul that I have no concern in their problems now or ever. Very well, Master Hedon.
2: But if you should decide differently, d- d- decide quickly, for there is very little time. Oh,
4: he- Eden, is it true? Will it really come to that?
3: Probably. The South and the East are not easily bluffed.
4: But war. Loose in the world again for the first time in a hundred years. War again.
3: They don't know what it is.
4: No, they don't. They've never seen it. Eden, you can't let it happen. You
3: no know, more, my darling. I've made a choice, and it's final. If it comes to war and the whole world falls in ruins, then I'll live on in the ruins. But I'll live there with you. That's final.
4: Eden, I'm afraid.
3: I calmed her fears at last with many brave prophecies of the joys we should find in our life together. And as we talked and watched the sun sink finally in the waters of the quiet sea, the blusterings of Eversham seemed far away and the threat of war no more than a part of some nightmare. At a late hour, we fell asleep.
5: Mm.
6: Mm. Mm. <sighs> Henry mm.
4: Mm.
6: Henry, wake up right, I... I said wake up <sighs> That's can't see why you always have to wait for me to shut off that clock
3: I'm Sorry, dear, I was, I was dreaming
6: Dreaming
0: indeed Get yourself
3: dressed. You wanna be late again this week? Good chance of war. I, I don't oh, know no, just what I can do about it.
0: Oh, Henry, for pity's sake.
3: One thing's certain, I won't give her up, no matter what happens.
0: Her? I. Who's her?
3: Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. I'm getting up right this minute. I'll get dressed right away. Henry, now, I. Now, there's no need to get excited, dear. There's plenty of time to catch the 712.
0: I never saw such a man in my life. Wasn't
6: for me telling you what to do, I don't know what would become of you.
3: All that day at my office, I kept thinking about the dream. It was hard to remember that it had been a dream. It had been so real. As real as everyday things going on around me. Perhaps even more real. (laughs) Certainly more desirable. For, uh, as you may have guessed, my daily life held little of interest. But in the dream... Oh, in the dream, everything was different... There I could be the great master Heden, controlling the destinies of millions of people, feeling for the first time in my life a, a deep and exhilarating sense of power so sharp in its contrast with the drab, waking life I lead. And most of all, most of all, I could not forget the girl, the way she looked, the glorious way that she... Well, no matter... All day I kept wondering if I should be able to find the place again so far away in space and time. Too long delayed, the night came at last, and I went to bed, hopefully. But nothing happened. There was no dream. For three nights there was no dream, and I I grew frantic with worry, with longing for her. And then came the fourth night.
4: Careful, darling. Watch where you're going. You almost fell over those rocks.
3: I... I'm sorry. I, I guess I was thinking of something else.
4: Yes, for three days now, you haven't been yourself at all.
3: Well, it's well. There are there are so many things to to think about.
4: It's all right, Heaton. I've known you were thinking of it constantly, even though you have not mentioned it.
3: There's nothing new, is there? What? I mean, well, have you had any word that you've kept from me? Thought it best to something of that sort.
4: No, didn't no. I, I've had no word from the North. Oh. No one here has, yet everyone seems to sense it. There's a fever in the air, tenseness. As though they could smell something. The smell of war, perhaps.
3: There'll be no war. Once Servisham knows his bluff's been called, he'll back down.
4: You know him better than that. You'll count on that blind luck of his to see him through. And you could stop him, didn't You could still go There'll back. There'll be no going back. How can we hope to find happiness for ourselves if millions die because of us?
3: If it should start, it can't last long. People in the world today have no idea what war is. When they find out, they'll have no part of
4: it. When they find out, it'll be too late. There'll be blood on the ground then, and hate, and vengeance. And there can be no stopping it. Then why should not...
3: Well, then the fools shouldn't... They shouldn't start it then.
4: But they are fools. You said Mm yourself... What? Look.
3: Oh, planes... Some special pleasure flight from the north, I suppose.
4: Eden, they they don't look like transport. They're not built the same. They're like pictures of the
3: old. Those are warplanes. Those are bombers.
4: it's begun already.
3: No. No, but it's part of the bluff and the dangerous part. Those planes have been stored away for a hundred years. I knew of them, of course. All the council did, but. I thought I'd see them in the air.
4: I fear it's a wrong, terrible thing we've done. And I'm afraid. But it would be a lie, my beloved, if I said I was sorry.
3: No more warplanes came to Capri in the next two days. The sight and the sound of the first ones have been enough. The peaceful island of pleasure became a beehive of belligerent activity. Preparation for war by a people who had never known anything but peace. Old weapons, relics for years, came out of storage places, were cleaned, polished, made ready. Big guns appeared as if by magic, were quickly set in placements about the rocky isle. Norma and I took no part in the madness about us, but walked alone from the others. She with a growing sadness, and I with a swelling hatred for blind, blundering Evesham... And for the stupidity he'd called forth now in mankind, and then late afternoon of the third day.
4: But why, why do they act as if they might come here, Eden? If there were a war, it could never reach
3: to Capri. Who knows why they act or what they think? There's no reasoning in them; they're like sheep, anxious to get their throats cut and have it over with. It was
4: all so beautiful, so beautiful.
3: Eden. Oh no, no, it still is. All this has nothing to do with us. We've turned our backs on it. What they do now is their own concern. This can't touch us.
4: It's so terrible to think about. I didn't look. planes have come back. Yes. Coming over the hills there.
3: He's still playing the same old game. Oh, how long can that blundering Eversham hope to. Oma. Oma, these are not the same ones.
4: What do you mean? I know the
3: shape of these. These are warplanes. Warplanes from the south. Then.
4: Oh, no. Oh, no. It, it can't mean anything. Is that what they call a bomb?
3: That's what they call
4: war. War. Eden, I want to see it. All its horror and idiocy, I want to see it. Not too close to the window, Norman. Look, down there by the edge of the water, where the little pavilion was, Eden. There's nothing but broken rocks and smoke drifting up. Yes, yes, that's where the first bomb But Why should they wish to destroy a little summer pavilion? An
3: accident. They were trying there for the docks. We
4: swam there every morning. Do you remember how clear and how clean the water was? There must be blood in it now.
3: Norma, Norma, there's no good in that kind of thinking. This is what they chose. Now they've got they it.
4: I couldn't have known it would be
3: like this. Perhaps not, but that can't be helped now. It's too late now for them ever to turn back.
4: How could they ever? Eden. Eden rolls! Look, Eden, no, 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 that plain. Along the beach. The whole promenade. Hundreds of people. And children, too. I... I don't want to see anymore, not ever.
3: We've got to find some way to get out of here. Some way, some way. Capri is right in the middle of it.
4: It was so beautiful here. Why should anyone make war on Capri?
3: Why? War has a bad habit of spreading everywhere once it's turned loose. Just a moment.
2: Supervisor from 22.
3: I'd like a private plane and a pilot right away. A destination to be decided.
2: Sorry, sir. All planes have been taken over by the government. General order by Master Eversham.
3: Confound it. All right. What about a boat?
2: Power boats have been taken over. Perhaps a few small sailing craft may be still available. Find
3: out. Get me a navigator and enough crewmen.
2: Sorry, sir. The government has ordered all able-bodied All
3: right. All right. Just get me a boat, then. Buy it. Charter it. Whatever's necessary. I'll sail it myself. Yes, sir.
4: Where can we go, Eden? I don't
3: know. I don't know.
4: Anywhere but here. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's go quickly. Take me away someplace, Eden. Far away. Anywhere but here.
3: Then flight. Days of flight from stolid death in his military boots... who tramped always just behind us. Never far away. I fought to stay asleep to stay with my dream, to stay with Noma. I cursed each time I awoke.
0: I simply can't understand you, Henry. You moon around the house like a lovesick calf. Haven't been to the office in three days. Don't you have any consideration for your job or for me? Do you want to see us kicked out into the street
5: like tramps without a cent to our name? <laughs>
3: My life became the vague movement of shadow figures of which I remember nothing now. But my life in the dream was very real. Oh, yes, very real.
2: No, uh, no, no. I've just come from there. You cannot go through the past. Why can't we? It is impossible. You must go back to the coast quickly.
4: Even can't you explain to him we must find some place to buy food? We've had nothing to eat for two days.
2: N- no, lady. There is no food here. Everyone is starving. Pestilence has broken out. Pestilence? Horrible plague. Came suddenly. Already, people of two villages are lying dead in the gutters. It's spreading very quickly. Come. Come, Noma.
3: Let's go back to the boat. We tried first to land somewhere along the southern shore of the Mediterranean. We found it everywhere the same. In some places, the people were dying of disease and starvation. In others, they were dying of bleeding burns from the flame of war. But always, always, they would die.
4: were dying. Even everywhere we go, we find dead, dead bodies. More and more all the time. What's happening? Has the whole world gone mad? Is the whole world dying?
3: Back again to the north and a landing on the peninsula. ...then pushing our way overland... ...trying to find some haven in a world... ...intent on smashing itself to bloody fragments... ...fleeing from the idiot fury around us... ...and being blocked, blocked at every turn. You cannot go there. You
2: must turn back immediately.
4: Why? Why must we turn back when there's no place left to go back to? Back well! That I cannot tell you.
2: But if you go farther, you will die. They have used poison gas... ...and the area is contaminated over hundreds of miles... I've seen people die from it. It is not a pretty sight. Death
6: everywhere. Of
2: course, uh, if you would like to stay here, I'm sure we can take care of that pretty little throat of yours. Yes, yes,
3: indeed, we can. There were no real battle lines as yet. No armies. The thing had come too fast. But everywhere roving bands fought, plundered, killed one another. Sometimes not even knowing if they were killing friend or foe. And always, always overhead with the planes, hunting like hawks. Killing anything that moved.
4: Eden, do you think he sees us?
3: I'm not sure, Noma. Don't move. Don't move. He's heading toward us, all right.
4: Eden, we can't just lie Don't here. move,
3: Noma. By heaven, I think it is us. Look. Where?
4: That old woman walking on the road. Doesn't she know Oh, oh, he's horrible.
3: Horrible. No, my no. Let's go. It wasn't us he was after. And so, for love and for reason, on and on, day after day, we fled from the monster stupidity of war till at last we could flee no farther. We found ourselves at dawn one morning in an open space near those great ruined temples at Paestum. Roman ruins that have stood for centuries were still standing even then. We sat and watched the sunrise, the most beautiful I've ever seen. We said little to one another. Low hills broke away below us, dotted here and there by trees. Low thickets of laurel between. The great stones of the temples above us were pale pink in the morning sun. And the silence was everywhere. Silence and a false feeling of peace.
4: This morning, looking out there, one
3: would never know. Oh, it's beautiful. But we... we can't stop here no more. We're only hours away from it now.
4: How much farther heaton? How far must we run in that?
3: I don't know, my dear. It... it it seems to be everywhere.
4: Sometimes these last few nights... I've looked up at the stars and I thought, all of this is happening... because of us.
3: We're to blame for it, you know. No, no, darling. No, we we tried to find happiness, that's all. Can there be anything evil in that? I don't know, Keaton, but
4: I'm afraid. Had you not run away with me, this would not have happened. Millions of people must die for our happiness. Something is wrong.
3: The blame lies with them. They they die for their own stupidity. We
4: are not stupid. We could have prevented it. Had you gone back and left me... No, no.
3: No, my darling. Now, there'll be no talk of that kind. We'll still find... We will... The, ...the chance to work things out somewhere.
4: I... ...I have a strange feeling, Eden. We... ...shan't have any more chances. We owe... ...some kind of a debt. They're gonna have to pay for it very soon.
3: Oh, you're tired, Norma. That's why you talk this way. You'll so Look, feel...
4: Look, Eden, another flight of planes. Yes.
3: Yes, they're everywhere now. <laughs>
4: they're like vultures hovering, watching and waiting at. After... Norma.
3: Norma, we'll find some place yet. Some... Norma. Norma, get
4: down! Norma.
3: No, Norma. Norma. Norma, you all right?
4: Didn't I? I
0: love. No! Norma! Norma!
3: I sat there on the ground for hours, holding her body close. I, w- I was only dimly aware that she was, that she no longer lived. Time had no meaning. The world receded far away. The shadows of afternoon pointed all one way, and my thoughts were only, only dreams within a dream. I must have stared at them for several minutes, not realizing who they were, watching them approach through the bushes before they came within yards, before it struck me suddenly. Those uniforms. They were soldiers of the south and the east. (laughs) With only one thought in mind, I jumped to my feet and ran toward them.
1: (laughs) No, no, it...
3: It's all right. It's all right. You you don't need those guns. I mean no harm. You see, I only wanted you not, not to come here. It's my wife. She's, she's dead. There's no one else
2: here.
3: No. No, put away the bayonet. There's no need for it. You can take your men around the other... Now, what... What are you going to do? Duck. No! I lay there on the ground for a long time after they left. At first I tried to crawl back to her. But I couldn't. Then later I was unconscious. Whether this be Armageddon, that last flaming end of the world, I do not know. But of this I am sure, when the end does come, it shall come through man's unheeding selfishness, through man's stupidity. For when man stood up and learned to think and was no longer an animal, he became one with the gods. And like the gods must take heed of the fate of mankind... This I know. Always before, I had longed desperately to escape into the dream. But now... Now, with equal desperation, I fear to do so. For Eden's world is dying now. Shuddering in the last great convulsions of its death agony. Over the whole great landscape of Earth... lie the rotting, disfigured bodies of the dead... And the sad sun gleams with a pale and ghastly light through the smothering curtain formed by the hideous fumes of war. The moans of the half dead swell up from the plains of earth, fill the vast emptiness of the heavens, and go unanswered. Starvation, pestilence, war, and death. The whole world is dying. <laughs> Eden, too, is dead. He died hours before I awoke this morning. His body still lies before the silent temples at Pistum. Yet in the dream I still occupied his body. After he was dead. Great vultures came and tore with their beaks and claws, and I was I was still conscious. I was still conscious. Now, tonight, tonight, because of that, though I grow faint with weariness, I dare not go to sleep. In the name of heaven, how long will a dream go
5: on?
1: Escape is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Tonight we have brought you Dream of Armageddon by H.G. Wells, adapted for radio by Les Crutchfield, with editorial supervision by John Dunkel. Featured in tonight's story were Stacey Harris and Betty Lou Gerson, with Charlotte Lawrence, Jack Crucian, Eric Rolfe, and John Daner. Special music by Ivan Dittmars. Next week... You are standing in the
2: light of an arc lamp by the cathedral in Mexico City, looking at a dead body lying at your feet. And a great fear comes over you as you wonder if you are a haunted man.
1: Next week, we escape with Ralph Bates' most unusual story... The Haunted Man. Good night, then, until this same time next week when once again we offer you Escape. Roy Rowan speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
4: Mobile banking requires downloading the app
7: and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
6: Fed up with the everyday grind? Tired out from the summer heat? Want to get away from it all?
1: We offer you... Escape! Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure
6: are groping through the midnight dimness of a gigantic department store and suddenly you realize that a hundred eyes are staring at you from the shadows and a hundred hands are reaching for your throat and your most urgent desire is to escape.
1: Tonight, we escape to a fantastic world of night dwellers. As John Collier imagines it, in his eerie story, Evening Primrose.
7: me to death. What do you mean coming in so quiet?
5: Oh, I don't mean to scare you. I thought you'd be asleep. I did not want to wake you.
7: Oh, Sam, I'm so glad you're home. Hey, what's the matter? Oh, it's terrible. You got to do something, Sam.
5: What's terrible?
7: It's this. Just look at
5: this. What's terrible about that? Looks like an ordinary pair of paper to me.
7: Yeah, that's just it. That's just what I thought. But it's got writing in it. Oh, it's awful.
5: Now, now wait a minute. Maybe you better tell me what this is all about.
7: Well, today I went shopping at Bracey's department store. Yeah? I needed some writing paper, so I picked this up. It was on top of the pile. So I bought it and I brought it home. But tonight when I opened it, I I found it's got writing in it.
5: Well, that's nothing so terrible. Just take it back tomorrow and make him give you a no new one. Oh, no, you don't understand.
7: It's what's written in it that's so terrible.
5: What do you mean what's written in it?
7: Here, you got to read it.
5: Oh, that. No, so I... right
7: now. Now read it.
5: Look, Sadie, I'm tired. I've been bowling all please, evening. I...
7: Sam, please, just read
5: it. But for Pete's sake. Sam. Oh, all right. October 13th. Today, I made my decision. I decided to say goodbye to the world, to get out, leave, break away. And I have done it. Ah, Sadie, Go this...
7: on, read.
5: And now I am free. Really free. Yes, I am free at last.
6: Yes, I am free at last. The world is an intolerable place for a poet. I was broke, starving at my wit's end. And then I had the brilliant idea. I'd escaped to a place where I'd had no need to earn a living, where I could write to my heart's content in peace and security. And where is this place? Right under your nose. So close you'd never think of it. I am now living in Bracy's department store. I have everything within arm's reach that anyone would need or desire. And it's all free. Absolutely free. I arrived this afternoon. I'd spent three days looking over all the department stores in town. I decided on Bracey's because of the completeness of their food department. Therefore... This afternoon, I entered the store and went immediately to the fourth floor... to the rug department... and hid myself in this dusty, out-of-the-way corner behind a pile of carpets. Once I'm settled, I'll furnish it with the best of modern pieces from the furniture department. It's small, but it'll be cozy enough... and safe. After the store closed, I made my first venture out. I tiptoed as far as the stationary counter and got this paper... The writer's primary need. Now, after making my first entry, I'll go out and get food and wine and the pillows for my bed. And perhaps even a fancy dressing gown. <laughs> this is perfect. Here I'll be able to write. Dawn, October 14th. I am almost too unnerved to write this. The whole thing is unbelievable. After the store was dark and completely quiet, I crept out and started for the food department. One steps echo hollowly in an empty department store at night, and I found myself gliding along the floor on tiptoe, moving as silently as possible. But the sound of footsteps persisted, and suddenly I realized that they were not my own. The night watchman. I, I was in the Salon Moderne, so quickly I seized a mink coat from a hanger and draped it about my shoulders and stood stock still. could have reached out and touched him, but he passed without so much as a glance. I started to smile, but the smile froze on my lips. There was someone else here. I was looking straight into a pair of eyes, large, flat, luminous, inhuman eyes a dozen feet away. They belonged to a creature dressed as a man, but he was as pale as something found under a stone. His hands hanging motionless at his sides looked more like the fins on a fish than human hands. And then he spoke. Not bad for a beginner. I'm sorry. I I didn't know anybody else uh, lived here. Oh, yes, we live here. It's delightful. Uh, We? Yes, all of us. Don't you see? Look around you. I looked around and saw nothing. I looked again and saw an old one come clamoring out from behind a clock... And there were three elderly ingenues, incredibly emaciated, pale as lace, almost transparent, simmering before a perfume counter. And a chintzy lady swam out from the curtains and the drapes. Then they came swarming thick around me, pale, thin, wispy, moving silently, fluttering like gauze in the wind, whispering. It's
0: in the sky, a detective! Send for the darkness! Send for the darkness! They were
6: pressing around me, clawing, holding me, their pale faces contorted with venomous and human hatred. I was paralyzed. All I could do was repeat over and over again I am not a detective. I am I, not a detective. I am not.
0: A burglar then! Hold him, carry him to the place! Send yeah. for the darkness! Stop! Stop. Shh.
6: Let him speak. I. I I am not a detective, or a burglar. I'm a poet. But what are you doing here? Uh, I've renounced the world. I, I came here to live, where I could be alone, away from the world.
0: Why didn't come over to us? Oh, he's, come over he's just to like us. Yeah. He must meet Mr. Van oh, yes, Mrs. Vanderpan. Mrs. Vanderpan, she's coming now. Please.
6: I followed their eyes toward the balcony, and the hair on my neck rose again. There, coming down the wall, like an ancient spider, clambered an old lady, wrinkled and crackled and emaciated. She must have been at least 80, a shadowy matriarch. And the things around me bowed and scraped as she reached the floor and floated toward us.
0: Oh, what's going on here? Where is that stupid girl? What's keeping
6: her? Oh, Mrs. Vanderpand.
0: Well, what is it? Who's this, Mr. Roscoe?
6: Mrs. Vanderpand, may I present Mr... Uh, Mr... Snell. Charles Snell. Yes, Mr. Snell. He's a poet. He has come here to live. Oh, he has, has he? That's what he says. And I believe him. Well... He uh... avoided the night watchman quite neatly. For a beginner. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Hmm. Very well. We shall see. (laughs) A poet should find inspiration here. Mr. Snell... Mrs. Vanderpant is our grand old lady. Oh? I am quite the oldest inhabitant here, Mr. Snell. Three mergers and a complete rebuilding. But they didn't get rid of me. Oh, where is Ella? Where is my broth? She's
6: bringing it, Mrs. Vanderpant. It will come.
0: Terrible little creature. She's our foundling, Mr. Snell. Uh, She's not quite our sort.
6: Oh? Is that so?
0: I have been here, Mr. Snell, ever since the terrible times of the 80s. I was a young girl then, a beauty, they said. I'm sure. And poor Papa lost his money. Braces meant a lot to a young girl in those days. So when I wasn't able to have a charge account, I came here to live... That's better than a charge account. I was quite alarmed when others began to come after the crash of 1907. Ah, but it was the dear judge, the Uh, colonel, Mrs. Bilby. How How are you? Uh, Mrs. Bilby writes plays. Oh? And uh, comes of an old Philadelphia family. You'll find us quite nice here. Mr.
6: Snell? I, I, I'm sure I will.
0: And, uh, of course, our dear young people came in 1929. Their poor papas jumped from skyscrapers. They couldn't bear to be without charge accounts either.
6: But uh, you mean all these nice people live here?
1: Oh, and many more. You shall meet them all later.
0: Oh, here comes Ella with my broth. Come here, you stupid thing.
6: Mrs. Vanderpant is waiting, Ella.
0: I'm coming as fast as I can. Oh, here. On the table over there, Ella. Now, be careful. Don't spill it.
6: Oh, but she's young. Well, of course she is a little younger than most of us. She, She's different. She's beautiful. That's right, old fellow. She's really not our sort. Oh, you, you shouldn't say such things. She can hear you.
0: Oh, that doesn't matter.
6: Mrs. Bilby, please. Uh, Mr. Snell, you will understand these things better after you've been here for a while. But uh, it seems to me... Mr. That...
0: Snell, we have certain rules here. They are necessary for our survival. I'm sure you won't find it hard to observe them. Well, yes, but... I, I should I... advise you that you try. If you do not, it would be most unfortunate, Mr. Snell. Most unfortunate for you. <gasps> October
6: 15th. You can imagine my feelings last night. My first thought was to escape as quickly as possible. In fact, I planned to quit my hiding place and mingle with the crowds and leave Bracey's forever. But just at dawn, Mr. Roscoe brought me a cup of coffee, which must have been drugged, for I fell asleep. And when I awoke, I found that I'd slept all day. And night was closing over the store once more later. I have spent my second night here. I saw Ella again. Ella. The pearl of this remote, fantastic cave. She's not like the others. A a trifle pale, but otherwise normal and human and and beautiful. A child of perhaps 18. She is the only thing that makes this nightmare bearable. October 20th. Escape seems almost impossible. There is a very effective burglar alarm system, and the doors are all carefully guarded. But that is nothing compared to the Dark Men. Who are the Dark Men? I don't know, but the inhabitants here threaten any transgressor with these Dark Men. I shall try to discover who they are. I am sure I'm watched, though they've begun to trust me now. Speaking to the night watchman would be suicide. Even if he believed my fantastic story or didn't shoot me as a burglar, I'm convinced that neither Ellen or I could get out of here alive. She and the night watchman are the only real people here. And how the others hate the night watchman.
0: Odious, vulgar creature... He reeks of the coarse sun.
6: Oh, come now, Mrs. Bilby. He's really a very personable young man. Very young for a night watchman. Mr. Snell, sometimes I wonder about your
0: taste. you must not stay so much to yourself. You must become better acquainted with our ways.
6: That's quite true, old man. Oh, you must come to the play tonight. We're going to be entertained with one of Mrs. Bilby's tragic comedies, Love in Shadowland. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I'm, I'm sure I will. Oh,
0: it's really a festive occasion, you know. Wanamakers is coming over.
6: Wanamakers? Yes, the entire colony over at Wanamakers is coming here en masse to attend the play. You mean there are people living in other stores?
0: Oh, dear, yes, didn't you know? Of course, the best people live in braces and Wanamakers. Oh,
6: come now, Mrs. Bilby. There are some very nice people at Altman's. I
7: beg your pardon, Mrs. Bilby. Uh,
6: hello, Ella.
7: Oh, good evening, Mr. Snell. Well,
0: what is it, Ella? Oh,
7: please, ma'am, I, I'd so love to see your play tonight.
0: May I have your permission? Certainly not. You know better than that, you stupid creature. You know where you belong. In the basement, by the garbage cans.
6: But Mrs. Bilby... Hush, he...
0: Mr. Snell.
6: Ella, you're becoming entirely too forward of late. I advise you to watch your step. Remember the dark men.
7: Oh, no. Please, Mr. Roscoe. I'll be good. I promise I will. Oh, no, please don't send for the dark Man. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bilby.
6: Excuse me. Ella. Ella, come back. Charles, you forget yourself. Let her go. But how can you treat her like that? Why do you always frighten her? And what is all this about the dark men? Well, Mr. Snell, I... Oh,
0: please, Mr. Roscoe, not now. You'll spoil our whole evening, and I do so want Mr. Snell to enjoy my play.
6: Very well, Mrs. Bilby. Later, Charles. But I want to know about the Dark Men.
0: Later, later.
6: October 21st. I found an opportunity to speak to Ella alone. I had not dared to speak to her before. Here one has the sense always of pale eyes secretly watching. But last night at the play, I induced a fit of hiccups... As I anticipated, I was sternly reprimanded and told to go and secret myself in the basement where the night watchman wouldn't hear me. This was exactly what I'd planned. I went to the basement. And there, in the darkness, among the garbage cans and the rats, I heard sobbing. Ella? Ella? Ella, is that you? Yes. Why are you crying? What is it, Ella?
7: They wouldn't even let me see the play.
6: Oh, Uh, is that all?
7: Oh, Mr. Snell, I'm so unhappy.
6: Oh, there, there. You, You mustn't cry.
7: You're the only one. The only one who is kind.
6: Ella, why are you here? Why do they treat you so differently?
7: Because I'm not like them. I didn't choose to come here.
6: You mean you were held prisoner?
7: Yes. You see... I was only six. I came here on a shopping tour with my mother. I I got lost and fell asleep behind a counter. It was dark when I awoke, and they found me. Some of them wanted to send for the dark men because they were afraid I would tell on them. But Mrs. Vanderpant said no. I could stay and be her maid. I've been here ever since.
6: Since you were six? But haven't you ever tried to get away?
7: Oh, no. I don't know anything about... Out there, I wouldn't know what to do. Besides, I'm afraid to take the chance. If anyone tries to get out, they send for the Dark Men.
6: Ella, who are the Dark Men?
7: Don't you know? Oh, it's horrible. Tell me. Well, you know how people live in all the stores? At Gimble's and Bloomingdale's? And... Yes, yes, I know. Well, the Dark Men live at the Undertaker's. Good heavens. And whenever someone dies or breaks the rules, or when a burglar gets in and sees these people and might tell, they send for the dark men.
6: That's horrible.
7: They put the body in the butcher shop and the food department, and then the dark men come. I saw them once. It was terrible. What do they do? They go in where the dead person is. They have wax with them and all sorts of things. And when they're gone... There's just a wax model left on the counter. Then our people put a frock on it or a bathing suit and mix it up with all the other wax models in the windows, and nobody ever knows.
6: Ellie, you mean all these dummies are...
7: Oh, no. At least, not all of them. But if you displease these people, the same thing might happen to you.
6: October 30th. I've not kept up my journal. Writing has been out of the question. Once more, I'm frozen with terror. Not for myself now, but for Ella. They hate her. Any time, they might turn against her and send her to the dark men. My mind is filled with her. I dream of her every day. I live to see her at night. We've managed it several times... They they trust me now and let me roam about without interference. And finally tonight, I met her again and said it. Ella, I love you. Charles? I love you, Ella. Let's get married, or whatever they do here, and then we can live together in my home in the carpet department. They—they they wouldn't dare hurt you then, oh, Charles. Oh, don't look so dismayed. If you like, we'll go away from here. Maybe we can get transferred to Bergdorf Goodman, overlooking Central Park.
7: Don't, Charles. Don't. You must. Oh,
6: but I love you, Ella. You're—you're not in love with someone else. Oh,
4: Charles. Yes, I am.
6: But who? I... I thought you hated them all. Oh, it, it must be Roscoe. He's the only one that's young enough.
7: Oh, no, Charles, not Roscoe, especially not him. Oh, I do hate them all. They make me shudder.
6: Well, who is it, then? It's he. Who?
7: The night watchman.
6: No, that, that's impossible.
7: Oh, I love him. He smells of the sun. Ella. Oh, it was wonderful, the way it happened. Don't tell on me, Charles, or they'll punish me. Oh, no, no. I was careless. And there he was, coming around the corner in the ladies' lingerie department. I was caught. There were only some wax models in there under things. There was nothing else to do. I slipped off dress and stood still.
6: <clears throat> I see.
7: He stopped near me. He looked at me. Oh, Charles, he spoke to me. He said, say, honey, I wish they made them like you on 8th Avenue. Oh, Charles, wasn't that a lovely thing to say?
6: Personally, I should have said Park Avenue. Oh,
7: Charles, don't get like these people here. It doesn't matter what avenue, Charles... It was just a lovely thing to say.
6: But what can you do about him, Ella? He belongs to another world.
7: Yes, to 8th Avenue, and I want to go there. Charles, are you really my friend?
6: Oh, yes, yes, of course I am.
7: Then I'll tell you. I'm going to stand there again in the laundry department so he'll see me. And then? Perhaps he'll speak to me again.
6: Oh, Ella, you're only torturing yourself.
7: Oh, no, because this time I shall answer him. And he'll take me away.
6: Take you away? Oh, oh no. No, 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 Ella. I I, I couldn't bear that. You, you don't love him. You, you only think you do because you think he'll take you out of here. But but you don't know that he will. And I will, Ella. I, I've made up my mind.
7: No, Charles. I couldn't let you do it. Even if I loved you, you couldn't do it, Charles. Why not? Because you really belong here. You've become one of them now.
6: Ella. Ella, you mustn't say that.
7: It's true, and... Charles. What? I've got to go. There's someone watching us.
6: I I feel it. Wait, Ella. Goodbye, Charles. No, Ella. Come back. Ella. Please, old fellow, you'll arouse the night watchman. Roscoe. Yes. Love can be very upsetting, can't it? You heard? Just the last moment or so. Very touching. I was rather surprised. And yet it's understandable I've been attracted to Ella myself. We're still young, you know. (laughs) And so she loves another. Too bad, old fellow. Who could it be? Could it be that I am the cause of your heartbreak? You flatter yourself too much, Rascal. Then who? The old judge? Mm, Certainly not. The colonel? Hardly. None of those? Not one of the customer's? The staff? She loves the night watchman. Can you imagine that? She loves the night. Oh, uh, Roscoe, I, I, I shouldn't have said that. It, it, it's not true. At least I don't think it's true. You, you wouldn't. You said you loved her too. You, you wouldn't do anything. Tell anybody. Uh, this is a secret between us, between friends, isn't it? Of course, old man. As secret as the grave. She's young. Perhaps he'll leave and she'll forget him in time. <laughs> Who knows, perhaps she will learn to love you or me. Of course, in time. And we'll figure a way to keep her safe here. Absolutely safe. Now, don't you worry about it.
1: Well, it's almost dawn. Time for bed. Good morning, Charles.
6: Early evening, November the 4th. I was a fool. I should have known he couldn't be trusted. You must have gone straight to Mrs. Vanderpant. This evening, the atmosphere has changed. People flickered to and fro, smiling nervously, horribly with a sort of frightened, sadistic exultation. An informal dance in the record department's been called off. And I can't find Ella. I'm going out again now to look for her. Roscoe, what have you done with her? Quiet night watchman. I don't care. What have you done with her? Whatever I did, I did for your own good as well as the good of us all. Wait a minute. What is that? What are those people carrying? What? Well, it's Ella. She's tied up. They're carrying her. Ella. Ella. Stop it, Joel. Stop it. Joel. do me. Save me. Joel. Let me go. Let me go! No, stop, Charles. Stop it! You'll arouse the night watch. But they're taking her into the butcher shop. Ella! Ella!
0: Ella!
2: Yes, Charles.
6: Those are the dark men. Midnight. I'm scribbling this last entry hurriedly. There and there in the butcher shop with Ella. The dark men. There's only one thing to do. I'm going to find the night watchman and tell him. He and I will save her if we can. And if we're overpowered, well, I will leave this pad on the stationery counter. Tomorrow, if I live, I, I will recover it. If I do not, whoever finds this and reads it, look in the windows... Look for three new wax dummies. Two men, one rather sensitive-looking, and a girl. She has blonde hair and blue eyes, and her nose turns up a little. Look for us. And then find them. Smoke them out. Exterminate them. Avengers.
5: Find them. Smoke them out. Exterminate them. Avengers. us!
7: Sam, isn't it horrible? we got to do something, tell somebody something. Oh, Sam, what'll we do?
5: Do? Nothing, go to bed. Oh, but Sam... Whoever wrote this has sure got a weird sense of humor, hey? Probably some clerk down at Bracey's ought to be fired. You,
7: you mean you think it's just a story?
5: Are you kidding? You don't believe that stuff, do you? Well, I... I don't know, I... I just thought... Oh, it. Forget it, baby. Snap out of it. I shouldn't leave you alone. You get too many ideas when I go bowling at oh, night. Oh, Sam.
7: Sam, don't you think maybe we ought to just take it back and show somebody?
5: Nuts. It's not worth the bother. They'd laugh at you, baby. Think you were crazy or something.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I was silly.
5: Forget it. Come on, let's go to bed. I'm tired. Sure, Sam.
7: Golly, you know, for a while I was sure scared. I even forgot what I was going to tell you. What? Sam, I found the cutest dress today. Only 1995. Yeah, baby? Yeah. It was in the window at Bracey's. It was on a beautiful little wax model with blonde hair blue eyes. And a sort of turned up nose. and, And there were two men standing...
1: Escape is produced and directed by Norman Macdonald. Tonight we have brought you Evening Primrose by John Collier, adapted for radio by John Dunkel. Featured in tonight's story were Bill Conrad as Charles and Constance Cavendish as Ella, with Harry Bartel, Lillian Bayef, Jeff Corey, Kay Miller, and Irene Tedrow. Special music by Ivan Ditmars. <laughs> Next week...
6: When you've had all you can stand of routine... When your everyday chores offer you no release... When the four walls are closing in on you... Join us for... Escape.
1: Next week, we escape with another great story... By one of the world's outstanding authors... Good night, then, until this same time next week, when once again we offer you Escape. Roy Rowan speaking for CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.